This week on a very special mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer, we're discussing which franchises we want to see rebuild it in. Hello and welcome to another mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm your best friend, Jonathan Rooney-Taylor, fumbling with this baffling, not a euphemism. Definitely a euphemism, people. And this week, hot off the heels of last week's final Evangelion film, Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.01, thrice upon a time, the last of the Rebuild of Evangelion series. This week, for our minisode, we're going to discuss series that we want to see rebuilded. That's right. So just like the Rebuild Evangelion series is a retelling slash reimagining of the original Neon Genesis Evangelion anime series, we're going to discuss films or television, or video games, or any kind of media that we want to see get the same rebuild treatment. We did this once before, I think, when we did the what the Shin movie after watching Shin Godzilla. What movie did we want to see get shinned next? But that was one specific movie into one specific style. This is more of like, what general IP would it be great to just basically, like, get a fresh start on? Yeah. Exactly. So let's go around the horn... Let's figure it out. John, we'll start with you. What what do you want to see get rebuilded? So this is, I have, a, the answer for this is the same answer that I have for many questions in life, in love, in the world as we know it today. Oh, Star Wars. <laughs> I think, honestly, like no other franchise at this point could benefit more from a just Etch-A-Sketch just shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it off. <laughs> Just take that idea of what that world is of space wizards with cool laser swords having cowboy adventures. Divorce it from the 40 years of obsession that have gone into making those and just do not even necessarily like a new story of Luke and the rebels, but like take that idea and just make a new story in it that that isn't beholden to either paying homage to or having Easter eggs for other films in the franchise, other stories in the franchise. I think I say this mostly because the Boba Fett series has just started. Uh, Chapter 3 came out today, and I ain't seen it yet, but I'm a little disappointed with it because it's basically just rehashing stuff from The Mandalorian At this point, like, I've already seen a Mandalorian fight with sand people and then befriend sand people and then do a cool heist with sand people. I don't need to see Boba Fett do that exact same thing on Tatooine, a planet I have seen far too much of. Um, So I think I still love so deeply that specific flavor that that universe lends itself to and that specific kind of storytelling that is like at the fabric of that universe but like i'm real tired of just like somehow palpatine came back (laughs) you know like i i it's at the point now where everything 
The original movies came out. They were fantastic. The prequels come out. I fucking love them. I get it. I get it. We don't need to rehash and relitigate that. But I think right now, that franchise is very afraid to just get fucking weird. Forgetting that Empire Strikes Back, Episode One: Phantom Menace, and Last Jedi, the best movies in those trilogies, got good because they got fucking weird right and so i think yeah yeah i I think doing doing like a rebuild-esque version also being able to to play in that universe knowing specifically what that skywalker story is can also be of a benefit because then you don't have to like backport like oh shit darth vader is luke's father that doesn't make any sense with anything we've previously said <laughs> right uh, from a certain point of view give yeah, me my exactly. paycheck please and goodbye <laughs> you know what i mean so like getting something a little more cohesive and again just like divorced from that baggage would just be such a wonderful experiment if nothing else yeah. Well, also, I, I like the idea of a rebuild of Star Wars, especially if we if we take the idea of the rebuild as what Hedekiano, you know, used kind of like the rebuild for as like an opportunity to retell the story and maybe like fix some things that he, he didn't have the budget or time for the first time. And also as a rebuke of the fan base of that thing, it yeah. would be great to see a rebuild of Star Wars where they come out and they're like, hey, shitty fans, eat my shit. Yeah. Here's, 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 here's what it is now. You know, the only thing Fuck I, off. I Fuck off. Ask about this that I don't really understand is that I was pretty sure that they made the Mandalorian so that they didn't have to make a Boba Fett property. <laughs> you are correct, it Patrick It does seem Bromley. strangely like yes. duplicating. So I think what they did is, like, The Mandalorian, which I genuinely enjoyed, um, it felt like, yeah, we want to tell Boba Fett-like stories, but we're not sure about bringing Boba Fett back to life in this world. We don't know if that's, like, a creative thing we can do. So it was a very good way of having, again, just a character without having that baggage but also when he steps out with that armor, you get who he is, mm-hmm. you know, like something that has both the cultural shorthand, but with none of the like story lore, right. Pinning him down to have to make specific decisions. Uh, and then, yeah, they started in season two, especially season two goes into like fucking overdrive where it's just like everything from every star Wars ancillary property. We got your Oscars. <laughs> we got, or your, uh, not Oscars. I'm, I got Ava on the brain. Ahsoka. Yeah, Ahsoka's. Ahsoka. We got your Thrawns. We got your Boba Fett's. We got your Bo-Katan's. We got your fucking cultists. <laughs> like we got it all, baby. There was no Thrawn in Mandalorian. They definitely, the, the reason that Ahsoka was on that planet was to get information to find Thrawn. Sure. But they don't like, they don't, they don't show, show him but he's like a plot he device is nonetheless important in that you know what i mean like he is a i don't name even remember drop. them mentioning him they absolutely name drop it at the end of that episode because she fights the fucking governor of that weird like ronin village yeah and then is just like you know what i'm here for uh you're gonna take me to 
Thrawn. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's it. it's super not important. Again, there are so many proper names and places, and like in Boba Fett, that Wookiee is from the comics. That's Black Kristanton. That's like an established character, and you'd never fucking know it because he's just like a big furry guy. Like you know what I mean? Like. That stuff can be cool for sure, but that stuff can also be the fucking R2-D2 and C-3PO in Rogue One, you right. know, where it's just like, we're here because it'd be weird if we weren't. And it's like, <laughs> ah, it's weird that yeah. you are, though. Sure. I uh, I saw Kieran Gillen, who uh, wrote a lot of those like really great Star Wars comics, had a tweet. I think today, where he's like, I was going through my notes for the Star Wars comics, and the original name that I had for Black Crescenton was Nubaka. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hell yeah. But yeah, so that's uh, that's my answer. I like it. Uh, uh, Patrick, what what series or, or, or media of any kind would you like to see rebuild it? Uh, this is an excellent opportunity to talk about one of my favorite TV shows, uh, Chris Carter's Millennium. Millennium. I knew you Fucking, were going to pick uh, Millennium. Mostly I literally, because... I wrote it on a 3x5 card you should have. at the beginning of this performance so that you could mentalist the answer out of me it later. It is an <laughs> ideal candidate, because in no one season did they know if there was going to be another season, and they were never quite sure what the show was. So if you actually rebuilt the show around what it became somewhere in the middle of the second season, as if you were always going to do that, you'd have a really great TV show. They really mm. hit a stride in terms of their, like, contemplation on good and evil and prophecy and it's a very interesting show with a lot of great actors like lance henriksen and who's still alive uh and has I'm, always expressed a desire to do a millennium movie um, isn't fucking uh Locke from lost in that yeah absolutely terry o'quinn yeah he's, the great, he's like the principal villain in some ways nice um, terry o'quinn was on like three episodes of x-files and an X-Files movie yep. and Millennium as like eight different characters. Oh, dude, I don't know. As a person who has, has watched Millennium and has watched all of the X-Files, uh, they used the same casting agency for both shows. And that casting agency knew no more than 12 actors. Tops. Look, Patrick, it's called Vancouver. <laughs> it's not that big a town. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that was uh, a show that was constantly like trying to find what it was going to do. And at a certain point it did. And it was really great, I thought, when it did. And I felt like if they redid that show always knowing that, it'd be really something. That's, you know, Patrick, I, I want to continue discussing this, but I'm going to move on to mine. Please. Because mine is, my rebuild is The X-Files. Oh, Hell sure. Yeah. Uh, and I think this kind of goes along the same lines. Uh, both the X-Files and Millennium are shows that started with very interesting ideas that did not have a concrete ending idea in place. Right. And once they started like building mysteries, could not help building more mysteries upon those mysteries because they still didn't know where the fuck they were going. And I feel like now, especially after they did those two, you know, uh, the new new end you with yeah. the umlaut over at X-Files seasons, where only one episode in each season was good. The Darren Morgan episode. Damn right. <laughs> um, 
I feel like now would be the time to kind of like rebuild, reboot the X Files, um, and and Millennium, honestly, and kind of like do them the way they should have been done the first time, which was, hey, let's break down exactly what our end game is and a finite amount of time right. it's going to take us to get there. Because otherwise, that is how you end up with, like, nine seasons of X-Files. X-Files didn't need to be nine seasons. No. It could have stopped after, well, like... What season did they lose Duchovny? Uh, he stops at the end of the seventh. So eight and yes. nine have no Duchovny, and nine has no Gillian Anderson. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're done. I think you're done right. when you lose both your principal right. cast. When David Duchovny checks out, you're done. And, like, honestly, like, the end of season seven is virtually a series finale. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. But then, like, Fox was just like, keep it coming. And Chris (laughs) Carter was just like, back up the Brinks truck, baby. (laughs) And, like, it it will not surprise you to learn that after the X-Files and, to a lesser extent, Millennium, he has not had another successful nope. TV project. Not at all. And I mean, like, essentially what you and I are talking about with our show, with our selections here is that what we want to do is take these great Chris Carter shows, go back in time, and excise out most of the Chris Carter episodes. Yeah. <laughs> well, just like Star Trek The Next Generation really got going once they excised Gene Roddenberry yeah. by having From him die. Yeah. <laughs> yes, by having him die. By having him die. <laughs> Star Trek got good after Gene Roddenberry wasn't around to fuck with it anymore. It's true. It's true. Well, considering that his principal edict for Star Trek The Next Generation is no conflict. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Look, the only things that, that, he, that Roddenberry got right with Next Gen were men in skirts. Yes, please. More of that. <laughs> but everything else was wrong. Riker didn't have a beard. Boo! Yeah, he got boo. rid of he got rid of Doctor Crusher. Boo! Definite boo. Yeah. Plus, uh, like the Picard is written to be like kind of one foot in the Kirk mold in those early seasons. Definitely, yes. and it super doesn't work. One of the greatest no. accomplishments of TNG is to separate Kirk into two characters that actually make sense and are kind of coherent. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I think I think rebuilding the X Files and Millennium to that extent, um, honestly, even into just one whole show, like would be fine. Like, yeah, you could put them just back do it all together because they did take place in the exact same universe. We know this oh, because yeah. the lone gunman, the lone gunman, just jumped back and forth. Oh, yeah, man. And there's a crossover episode. Like, there's definitely an episode of X Files whereupon they meet Frank Black. Right. Um, yeah. Also, in, in in the rebuild, Frank Black, played by Black Francis of the Pixies. <laughs> <laughs> just a bald, angry, aging punk. Yeah, just a fat, angry, bald man. <laughs> Refusing to play any of the hits. Yeah, right. Because right. he's sick of them. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. Good I get for it, you. buddy. Good I'm for sick you. of the Pixies hits, too. <laughs> Uh, I'm sick of the Pixies hit, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but where is my mind, Mark? Where is my mind? I don't know. 
<laughs> There's a really good uh, like hardcore cover of that done by the uh, like YouTube comedy group Two Minutes to Late Night uh, with host Guarcinio Hall. That's the heavy metal talk show, correct? Exactly, yeah. Since Pandemic, they've just been collaborating on decentralized covers that they can do, like that they can shoot through the internet and, and mix together. And they're really good. And they do a hardcore version of Where Is My Mind? But it starts with, um, oh shit, um, one of the AEW wrestlers who's real fucking cool. Uh, Kenny Omega. No, Orange something. I can't remember his last name because it's very late. Orange uh, Crush. It starts with him walking into a bathroom, looking into a mirror, and he says, First rule of Fight Club. Don't talk to me about Fight Club, movie or book. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, fucking, you nailed it, dude. Because yeah, the only thing worse than someone obsessed with the movie Fight Club is the person who's obsessed with telling you the difference between the book and the movie Fight Club. Yeah, that's not the way to go. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> what you do uh, if someone starts doing that at a party you look them right in the eye and you say did you know that mario 2 in the u.s was actually based <laughs> on a japanese game doki doki panic and then you get to drink their drink nice <laughs> i didn't know that that was such a power move those are the rules <laughs> so that's gonna do it for this mini-sode of body counts and beer i am mark rosenthal i am patrick bromley i continue to be jonathan rooney taylor And remember, from here on out, now that we have finished the Evangelion Rebuild series, the next four episodes, all Bromley, all the time. He's picking the movies. I just want you guys to know, just to punish John, we're not going to watch a movie one week. We're just going to watch Bo versus the Boz, the Monday Night Football game from like 89. (laughs) Because John should have to watch a whole football game just for what he did to me. Look, it's absolutely worth it to see Bo Jackson truck the boss. I am the giving you the greatest football game. <laughs> what a Bo friend Jackson, I am. Bo Jackson ends the boss's career in that one episode, that yes. one game. And he runs Did all the way to Tacoma. Is, yes, is the- Bo Jackson the dude that's the baseball player and the basketball player and the football player? Or is that someone just else? Baseball, God damn it, John. Just baseball. <laughs> Yeah, just baseball and football. Yeah. I know him because he's in a video game from the arcades. Definitely. Well, you And yeah. he was also you might in remember Super him. Friends. No, Pro Stars. Pro Stars. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, Bo yeah. Jackson, With the Wayne tomato. Gretzky, and Michael Jordan. Yeah. yeah. The Pro Stars. Uh, yes, Dynamite. And the Boz is the star of Stone Cold. You know him. Stone Cold Steve Austin? No. Football? That's cool. We already saw Bosworth's movie. John, you've got somebody to root for. Bad news, though. There you go. Unfortunately, you'll be rooting for the exact wrong guy. Uh, so yeah, that's it. So keep in mind, from here on out... For the next four episodes, it's all Bromley all the time, baby. And we'll see you next time. Yep. Good day. Slow, (laughs) plodding westerns. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Every movie's going to be four hours of vistas. I mean, Brotherhood of the... Look at that To be fair, Brotherhood of the Wolf is super long. (laughs) (laughs) But those jackets are so cool. They are, though, the coolest. And Monica Bellucci's in it. Monica Bellucci is in it. You can't beat that movie.
Oh, well, I'm still recording, bitch. so we can use this. Ooh, that's true. Patrick, you still recording? Parts. Yeah, I'm Kids in, baby. just won't have Mark in it. <laughs> All right. All right, dude. Yeah, we'll stop recording. Have I a guess. good evening. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Bromley, John Rooney Taylor, and Mark Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, I don't know, wherever podcasts are, and leave a rating or review. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.